for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it okay tony all right i got ya okay do you want to let's uh say that all over again yeah <laughs> if you can okay no i i definitely think that there's going to be a lot of pushback about being able to do anything without vaccines. Um, and my thing is, like, even if you are perfectly okay with the batch of the back vaccines, uh, you might not want to take the next ones or maybe the ones after that. And they're talking about doing this on a yearly basis now because viruses mutate. And we've already established that if anyone dies of the flu or the cold or whatever, we get to shut down society. So, I mean, just trying to work with people and trying to, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but just trying to organize ways of organizing commerce. Dude, just how insane is that? That, like, okay, let's say that it turns out the way they are wanting it to, meaning, you can't do dick without this vaccine passport. You without this app on your phone that is attached to like some QR code and or whatever the fuck it is, or that you cannot live life without this passport, right? Then they're going to insist that you get these boosters because they're already talking about boosters, like you said. And then more than that, yeah, it's going to become an annual thing where you absolutely have to get the next vaccine or you can't participate in society. How fucking nuts is that, dude? Yeah, it's terrifying. It's absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, You have to have complete faith in the technocrats. You have to have complete faith in the regulatory bodies around this. I mean, th- why would you? Why would you have this kind of faith in pharmaceutical companies? Have you looked at the track record of them? Well, I mean, I was, my friend was trying to, was talking about the Johnson and Johnson. And I, I just kept telling him, I was like, look, Johnson and Johnson knowingly had asbestos and their fucking talcum powder. And gave how many women fucking uh, like cervical cancer? Do you know what I mean? For years, and they knew it for years. Like there's there's shown evidence that they knew that there was asbestos in it, and they just fucking didn't care. Yeah. So I can't trust these people at all. Well, why would you trust? Like I, I don't feel like you should have a society based upon trust, anyways. I mean, why would you? I mean, a corporation is just there to make money. And that's, I mean, it's not good or bad, but at the end of the day, most corporations are established because people wanted to make money. People go into them to make money. But why do you go to your job? Like, if they stop paying you, are you still going to go? Well, that to me is the most crazy thing is that they're trying to paint this as like a selfless act. Like, this, like, it's so funny to me that the same left that hates corporations and five minutes ago hated 
you know, like the pharmaceutical industry, because I mean, they contributed to the opium crisis and killing goo gobs of people are now just they're fucking they're sycophants man and they're like it's a cult like behavior they just fucking trust anything that dr fauci has to say anything that bill gates has to say they're just eating every word they're hanging on every word it's fucking nuts dude it's an appeal to authority. I think that the left is unprincipled, and I don't think that that's a moral judgment as much as an intellectual judgment. I think that a lot of people just haven't really spent time to think about why they want the world that they do. Like, you can't just be presented with a situation, and be like, okay, in this situation, like, no one should, no one should be homeless. Okay, like, I agree with that. But then it's like, well, how do you get people in house? Well, if people refuse houses. Are you going to imprison them? Well, I mean, if people don't want to build them, are you going to enslave them? And well, they're did... not making decisions based upon yeah, yeah, any yeah. kind of principled argument. Well, yeah, they, they don't have any principles is the problem. Or the principles they do have are their goalposts can move, which are just bizarre to me. And like, what I was going to say is like the only thing, like you said, it's an appeal to authority, but the only good thing about the left was that they were supposed to be the bulwark against authority. That is what the left was good for. Like, that's why you would cheer on the left, you know, because in times of war and times of like severe, you know, inequity, as far as like these corporations have a fucking tie to the government and are given like unnecessary, like monopoly in this way and they're going to get a fucking giant bailout because they failed when they should have failed like that's what occupy fucking wall street was all about like yes that is what the left is good for but now they're just just as big a bootlickers as the right they're just licking different boots now they're licking fucking Dr. Fouch dogs and they're licking Bill Gates boots and they're licking Joe Biden's boots and they're eating Kamala's ass and it's like what the fuck man they're cheering on the they're cheering on the wars and they're like oh well yeah well i guess joe biden he says it's necessary to fix the wall and build the wall so you know whatever now that's not all the left but the majority of them are just no fucking principles and maybe that's you know a lot of times we conflate liberals with leftists and progressives with leftists and all of those different categories and things. And like, like I said, some people are principled and generally those are leftists that are actually principled. Now I may not agree with their principles, but they actually have some principles. Well, liberals where they're just like, there's a reason why they're centrist, you know, they're milk toast and you can fucking, they're easy to manipulate. They're stupid and they're sheep. Well, yeah, and I think that we have to use um, a more precise language. I think that liberals and leftists and I don't even really like the left-right dichotomy, I guess. Um, it, it's just not really clear what it is, like a progressive, a conservative, a traditionalist, a libertarian. Like You could kind of orientate yourself with those words. I mean, libertarians essentially just have two principles. It's not hard. Don't initiate force. Don't take people's stuff. I mean, yeah. at some point, like, it's not like, 
if you want to have like an equality of treatment type of um, principle, I think that that's a very good thing to have. I think that like you just have to be careful how you perceive it. The idea that you can have um, like I think where like the left kind of gets all screwed up is because they're looking at the results instead of their principles. It's like it's like you got to look at the process of it. You can't just go like, oh, we want everyone to have equal everything. Because the only way you're really going to achieve that is to bring everyone down to the lowest possible level or kill them. Well, that's why I was saying that like the goals between the leftist and the liberal are different. Because leftists don't care if that happens. I mean, they do. That's not what they want. They are utopian in a way. But they actually see that process as necessary. Like, there has to be... Like, I've read enough fucking Marx. I've read enough fucking... uh, I've read enough fucking Lenin where, like, the process does need... They want to cut everyone down to almost nothing so that everything can be equal. Like, that's part of the process, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get this idea that we have to make things so much worse in order to make things better. Like, if you want to lose weight, we're not going to go, okay, the first thing we're going to do is gain 150 pounds. <laughs> like, right? Like, nothing works like that. Yeah, well, I will give them a little bit of credit in this thought, at least a little, because this was, this was the difference with uh, like Leninism as opposed to just Marxism, right? So what Marxism, okay, I guess, again, I'm not a fucking Marxist and I am not a scholar either. So I could get a little bit of this wrong, but I've done enough reading where I have the gist of the idea, okay? And Marx wants a sort of utopia. It want, he wants an anarchist, stateless society, He says to get there, what we have to do is we have to create a state of, uh, or a dictator. There has to be a dictator and there has to be uh, a government of the proletariat. So there has to be a government of the proletariat first to tear down everything so that we can then live freely. Now, Leninism was a little bit different because he was saying only only in this one aspect he says that there has to be well maybe that was more Lenin that said that there needs to be an actual government of the proletariat and and a two because okay this is basically what Lenin would say and I think that there is actually a little bit of truth in this that let's say that today we tear down the government. The government does not exist anymore as we know it. Well, who's going to be in charge? Because there, now there is a power vacuum. What he would say is something like this. Well, now you have someone like Bill Gates. Now you have someone like Elon Musk. Now you have someone like, uh, what's that other idiot? That, uh, Jeff Bezos. Now you have all these, like, uh, that old man that drinks Coke. What's his name? Anyways, who cares? You oh, have these. Yeah, 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 Warren Buffett. Uh, you have all these now rich people with all this accumulated wealth 
and all these things that were given to them like through contracts through like monopolies from the state right yeah and now they have with all this accumulated wealth and money and every in all this land they are going to be the new government per se like they're going to instill a form of like feudalism and or like a monarchy because they are the richest people. They can like hire a private army and dude, they're probably like, and so like, anyways, Lenin was like, no, that's why he was like, uh, like liquidating the Kulaks. That's why he was liquidating like all the rich people because he was saying like, look, we can't just get rid of the government and let these rich fucks take over. So I think he's fucking right about that. Like, I don't advocate for that, but it's probably fucking true. What would happen if it, the American government dissolved tomorrow? Well, I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos, he owns a big, sweet chunk of fucking Seattle. I'm pretty sure that would be his. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Well, okay, so I don't know about that because they spend so much money on buying senators, buying they do that for a reason. So I think that in order for them to maintain power, they need the force of government behind them. I mean, I think they would have some power for sure in the immediate short term, but I don't think they could hold it. I think that Amazon, it's too big. Like these corporations, like, okay, like going back to Burning Man. Burning Man is huge. It's the biggest festival, like in this part of the world for sure if they're requiring passports that opens up so much opportunity for smaller festivals like and they have to make a choice on that they have to make they're, they're gonna lose no matter how they um play that if they decide not to offer passports people will stay home if they make it mandatory people will stay home and you just get to these points where you have these impossible decisions and you have to pick a side and that leaves a whole bunch of people who are freed from that system and they're going to get big and it's just going to continue. Now, see, the shitty thing is, though, every incentive for a corporation, for a business, for a concert, for any venue there is to require it. Because for the government to like, I, I'm sure at some point, like insurance companies aren't going to insure a venue if they don't require everyone get a vax. You know what I mean? Because if somebody, because I know that if like somebody uh, gets COVID after attending a concert, they might sue the fucking venue and say, you didn't adequately protect me. You know, all kinds of crazy shit. Like, so that what I'm upset about is like the government is in the pocket with these corporations and making it incentivizing them to require this and it's going to de-incentivize de them to not even yeah. if it serves their customers better or specific customers better and i'm also sure that pfizer and moderna are throwing money at every politician they can to make it mandatory to do these things I mean, how hard would it be to bribe a couple of Nevada senators? They're used to bribes already, so I think that's uh, the only way you get things done. Our whole system is crazy. It's basically like we have these little like stop gaps called Congress 
And basically, if you can just pay these certain people what they want to be paid, they can write laws around whatever you want them to. Like, how you just create this massive incentive structure for bribes to take place. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know whether or not, like... Well, that is the problem with the government. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine that's more on the conservative end, you know. And we back and forth had this conversation because in some ways he considers himself like a principled conservative, right? So he wants small government. He wants all that kind of shit. Yeah. He wants things limited. And so then I, I you know, we'd have this long conversation. I, I should probably like pull it up and look at it, but like, uh, and he's also a Christian. So like, there was that element to it. And we were talking about how humans are like, cause I basically was saying that like, okay, like human beings are evil. Right. And I said that anytime that we put these human beings in charge, that they are going to, you know, you know, they're incentivized to rule in a way that benefits them. And, you know, and I just, you know, went through all these arguments and at at the end of it, he was he was trying to make this argument about how uh, about the ring, you know, in the Lord of the Rings. And he was saying that, like, in a nutshell, what he was saying is like, but we could use the ring for good and bring about the government to, you know, to, to try to make the turn the government around and turn it back to the Constitution and turn it back to a Christian nation. And I was like, that is a pie in the sky. Insane. <laughs> Fucking like, like okay. You look at the government right now. Like, we're looking at the left right now. I mean, they're they are attacking churches. They are attacking any type of traditionalism. They are attacking like any semblance of like, you know what I mean. Any if you're pro life, if you're pro, you know, any of that shit. You like gun rights, any of that. They are attacking and trying to destroy right now. And I was like, you think that we are actually going to be able to use the government? This crazy full of evil, crazy fucking government to turn it around. And I was, uh, anyways, and at, long story short, uh, I pointed out to him because he kept talking about how evil the ring is. And I was like, that's why you cast it in the fire. You're talking about using it. And then he, he just shut the fuck up and he's like, okay, you got me there. <laughs> you know? You know, I think that most evil in the world is done by people who want to do good. Like, I think that Gates and Fauci and whatnot, I think that there's probably a part of them that are looking at this and going, wow, look at all of these lives we can save. And they're trying to do this thing that's so beautiful in their mind. You know, Mao was trying to, like, modernize China. Stalin was trying to modernize Russia, like, Like, they're not trying to bring about evil. It's that they have too much power. So, yeah, I think that we, yeah, this idea that we can just um, use this amount of power for any kind of good. I mean, yeah, you'll probably do that good, but it's going to be attached to a lot of bodies. Well, the problem is, like, let's say that he succeeds. He grabs the ring of power. And he 
changes it to whatever, right? He like changes it to his version of the government that he wants to see, right? How many other millions of people are on this in or in the same country and hate him and hate what he's doing with it? Like, you, like you're not going to get the ring and keep it. You know, like if you remember in the Lord of the Rings, it says that the ring wants the true master and will like uh, will betray whoever is wielding it. And then it'll get in the hands of somebody else, you know, and it's like that power is it's so unstable. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that is the problem, too, with people that think like is my friend has great intentions. He wants to see a better, like more Christ-like world or in his mind, his vision of Christ, which I disagree with in a lot of ways. That is the problem, is that you want the world this way, and you're willing, like, because that's what I was trying to explain to him, was like, look, government is the gun in the room. Whoever is wielding that gun is just forcing other people to do what they say or die. That is what it is. And I was like, and that's why you're having trouble with the government right now, right? That's why you hate it, because they're telling you, like, you either let you know, transgender people get married in your church, or we're going to take away your 5013C. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but that's probably going to happen really soon. So that's going to like cause a lot of churches to lose their tax exempt status. And no one, no one from the left or the liberal side is going to give a fuck because they didn't want those people to have a tax exempt status to begin with. They've never respected anybody's religious beliefs unless they're not white and Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm trying to explain to him. The problem is people trying to imagining that they know how other people need to live their lives and they are willing to use the force of government to instill their vision on someone else. I was like, well, that is the fucking problem. So even if you do it, you're being the fucking dick now to those other people. Yeah, I think that that's like you hit it right on the head is that there's just a lot of different visions on how we should best live. And they're all at odds with each other. And and for you to use force to get your way over my way or vice versa, like we're going to end up just hating each other. And I think that we need to really figure out like what is the bare minimum we need to agree on to be a society to function together, you know? Don't attack each other. Don't steal each other. Um, there needs to be some kind of transparency and some way of facilitating commerce. And after that, I just think that, yeah, it's on your own how you associate. If you want something, like, like there's just so many different, like, if you want to live a certain life, then you have to find those people who are okay with that. And I think that that is, you know, that would happen. Like, like one thing that we all kind of learn about in school is like who your people are. Like that's like the one benefit of of government education system. Well, so part of this is like this is why I advocate voluntarism. Like we can live in a community together if we live in a way that all of our interactions with each other are on a voluntary basis. When you are on your own property at your own home, 
You can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're not hurting someone else or their property. Now, I may disagree with it. You may want to, like, rape a goat and then slit its throat. Because that's part of your religion. And then you eat the goat and you eat your cum out of its butt or something. I don't fucking know. I think that that's abhorrent, disgusting, and it's, it's pagan and evil and, you know, the whole thing. But you're on your own property. You're not making me do it. You're not making me eat the cum out of that goat's butt. I'm going to let you do that. And in fact, if you promise not to fuck the goat, you know, that I buy, I'll probably buy some goats from you because I love goat meat. And, you know, I might have something that you want to buy and we can trade and interact in a voluntary way. And it doesn't have to matter, you know, and that's how we have to live. And that's what I try to talk to a lot of uh, like lib right people, uh, right libertarians, because I, the lib left is just as bad with this, too. It's like, look, we are all volun We're all like advocating for like a a stateless peaceful society we don't want wars we want open borders we want people to be able to freely interact and do all these things like we need to at least agree to disagree with each other you know what i mean like because lib left wants to live in a more communistic kind of way they want to have uh like like the mutualists i don't know if you're familiar with mutualism uh, they're an interesting sect of anarchism. They they seem to be right in the middle, and like if you look at the spectrum of left and right on the bottom, um, maybe more on the left than than just straight in the center there. But um, like they are very very big on like worker co-ops. Like they want all. Um, I you know I I'm not a mutualist. So I'm I'm gonna screw up explaining it exactly. But they want all you know they want these type of uh, structured uh, work environments that are all mutually benefiting and they want to have worker like co-op labor unions and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, that's great. As long as you let me have my business the way that I want to structure it. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, And also they have a few property norms that are different than ours. Like they want, they only want, you to be able to own property if you are occupying that property. I mean, I think that having this full spectrum is great because I could even see myself through different periods of my life being attracted to different aspects of each of these and, and being like, okay, like at some point basically being more of a mutualist. mutualist yeah. And then maybe doing my own thing for a while. And then maybe going back and I feel like this yeah, like this idea that we all have to do it the same way, like that—that's an idea that we get from the government, from the, the powers that be, whatever it is. And I think they're just exploring these ideas because I think they're far better. I think that, like, what do you want to do? Fight the system or create your own system? And that's something that's really been, like, we get like taught to fight the system. Why? You're not gonna win. And that you're not going to build anything if you're expending your energy trying to fight something that's just going to survive you. And they'll be around long after you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that is honestly, I dropped the, I dropped the term libertarian probably about two, maybe, I don't know, maybe about a year ago, maybe a little longer than that. 
I quit calling myself a libertarian. I mean, for all, you know, I, I, I am a fucking libertarian. I agree to the non-aggression principle. I adhere to the non-aggression principle. So philosophically, I am a libertarian. But there are so many libertarians that I disagree with on such a fundamental scale that I don't want to be tied in to, like, when people hear me call myself a libertarian, I don't want them to think of me as that. Right, like, and I'm talking left libertarians and right libertarians, um, because I'm my own fucking person. So, I I now call myself more like a panarchist. I think I think that there's something about reclaiming the term libertarian to just mean adhering to the non-aggression principle, um, because there is so much infighting, and you don't have to do. I mean, if you just look at libertarians in general, the fact that there are so many different wacky beliefs among them, like you obviously don't have to believe in anything else. And I think there is something about just dragging people from an authoritarian mindset to a libertarian mindset. And once once that happens, then they're on their own. I, mean, I don't want to interfere anymore. I just, they'll do their thing. Maybe with me, maybe without me. Yeah, I just wish that more libertarians were more libertarian. Is my yeah, it, like exactly what you said, and that's why I generally like the term voluntarist more. But there are so many like people that call themselves ANCAPs that also use the term voluntarist, which is fine if people like I and I. If you were going to like nail me to the wall and say, "What are you?" I would say that I'm probably closer to an ANCAP than I am to anything else, like an agorist or an ANCAP. Um, But there are so many fucking people that call themselves a libertarian or an ANCAP that, like, just personally, I, I get sick of the helicopter memes, throw commies out of helicopters. I get sick of the like right-wingy fucking edge edge lord uh let's go fucking shoot some people i i even get i even get sick of the boogaloo shit like where those people are like saying that they want to fucking you know go and fight the government violently and i'm like look dude whatever game you're trying to play like you're not gonna fucking win you know what i'm saying it's like you're never gonna have enough guns to take on the government that's not a thing that's ever gonna happen and it's we are going to have to fight the government by becoming self-reliant and be and creating counter economies and communities and making them obsolete by just being able to walk away and not need them. That scares the government more. They actually want you to pick up a gun and act violent. Why? Because then they have an excuse to go and shoot you between the eyes. Because if you're a violent psycho and you're making these memes about going and killing people and all that kind of crazy bullshit, you're putting a target on yourself and you're making yourself look like an idiot asshole. And you're making everyone that talks to you and like is, you know, all that shit. Like, that's why I just don't dig the boogaloo shit. I don't I don't dig the fucking Pinochet memes. I don't I don't dig any of that. Like commies aren't people. So kill them. Like kind of I'm like, fuck off with that shit. Like, that has nothing to do with libertarianism. Yeah, and it's also dangerous because, A, it just makes you, like, it's going to, 
it's going to allow the government to easily villainize you. A hundred percent. Put you into a bad light. And that prevents people from hearing your ideas. It makes it easier to get the mob to attack you. If you're and doing yeah, the it's, it's work for them. You're doing yeah. the government's work for them. You're demonizing yourself by acting like a fucking fool. And then, yeah, it, you're because, you know, I have those friends. Every libertarian has those fucking edgy friends that say that kind of shit. And like, even sometimes the jokes are funny. Like, that was actually pretty funny. You know, whatever it was. Um, but, you know, but it better be a fucking joke. You know, because I, I have a couple friends that are like that you never know when they're joking and when they're not. You know, or they're just a little too fucking crazy. And I'm like, this is when, it, like, uh, sincerely, if I'm at a, like, I've been to a few, like, uh, I've been to a couple libertarian conventions down in Salem, or uh, I've been to a couple, like, libertarian or pseudo anarchist sort of, like, meetups and stuff. When you hear somebody that starts with that right wing kind of bullshit, I can personally, I smell what I say is I smell a fed. That's the first, like I have a red flag that pops up in my head. The loudest guy in the room that starts talking that crazy bullshit is like, think about what happened in Michigan. Like it was a few fucking feds that were loud and like, and that had, you know, some swagger and probably just like had influence over, you know, these other poor fools. And like, they were like, Hey, wouldn't it be great if we uh, like kidnapped uh, Gretchen Whitmer and and you know did all this crazy bullshit, you know? And all those guys, you know, some of those guys were like, "Oh yeah, sure, that sounds cool," you know. And then what happens? They all go to fucking prison. You know what I mean? Like those type of people to me, I'm like, those type of people I want out of our groups. I don't want to fucking talk to them. I don't want to see them. You know, unless I, if I've known you for 10 years plus, like a couple of those guys, I'm fairly certain you're not a fed. I mean, I don't know that, but you know, I'm fairly certain you're not a fucking fed. You're just an idiot. And even then I'm like, let's start not telling them when we're, when we're getting together. Yeah. There's a lot of idiots. I think that there's probably a few feds and a lot of people who people love to talk shit, man. Like people love that kind of like, if someone is holding you back from a fight, people love to just like talk all of this shit because it's safe. But the reality is it's not like, I don't feel safe. Um, apparently there's a podcaster that got arrested for talking shit about AOC now. So. I, I heard that, you know, it was a lefty. It wasn't, it wasn't a right winger. As far as I know, this is what I've heard. Uh, so I don't know who the podcaster was, I don't know what the podcast was. I want to listen to it actually, uh, but it was a lefty that was criticizing. She she was on some big like democratic socialist podcast. I'm fairly certain, like, or some some very smart progressive, right? She was on a podcast and was kind of getting you know some real questions and basically about her. Um, what are her thoughts on Israel being like a fucking? Uh, like an apartheid state basically and the way that they're treating the the Palestinians and she just like did milk toast like not non-answers you know what I mean and just like did the politician thing 
where because at one point she was actually pretty critical of Israel. You remember that when she was considered like an up and comer when she was part of the Justice Democrats. And yeah. Like she was like she was actually talking to someone on MSNBC and somebody said something about Israel and she had harsh words actually. She was like condemning Israel. And then that lady was like, just put her in her fucking place. You know, she was like, uh, are you sure about that? Are you, you know, and just like started like hammering her with, you know, and then AOC just shut up and never said a word again. Well, she's like, she's kind of like this new generation of politicians. Back in the day, politicians could talk out of both sides of their mouth to different groups and get them both to think that they were getting their will done. And now I feel like most politicians can't do that anymore. Like they're just going through the motions of it. No one believes them. But like a lot of people just think she's an idiot. But the people who really believe in her, and there's a lot of them, they they really believe that she's doing all of these things. Like I saw a commercial that she did. It was just like on my YouTube feed and I ended up watching it. It was like four minutes and she just rattled off all her accomplishments. Now, I think that a lot of this stuff is really bad, but she was able to take credit for a lot of different things, way more than most politicians. Most politicians could not rattle off five minutes of things that they've accomplished. She did, and with enthusiasm. So I think that... Um, what kind of accomplishments? Were they something real? Did they actually sound like something? Or was it mushmouth? Well, I think that there were things like we've, like, basically anything that she, I think that's all of the above. Like, anything that, like, she either blocked or anything that, like, if minimum wage went up somewhere in the world, if if a woman... All right, okay. home. You uh, back? Yeah. <laughs> no, bad time. We're talking about AOC. So, yeah, she was just basically taking credit for everything, which I think is a really smart thing to do because half the stuff, I'm sure, is stuff that would have happened. Um, but I think whenever you're in a position of power like that, the best thing you could do with anything, anything goes your way, take credit for it. I mean, that's just a good strategy. But... Um, But I don't know that many other politicians that could sell accomplishing anything right now. Yeah. Um, she is smarter than people give her credit for. I'll give her that. Um, I don't think that she's necessarily bright. And I don't necessarily think that she's that principled. Um and those were two things that she was billed as. And, uh, but you're right that she is a very good sales salesperson. And she has a way of connecting with um, this, the dumb millennials that just eat shit out of her ass. Like, she is like willing to jump on fucking, what do you call that? What's that dumb thing for video games? I'm sorry, gamers out there. I, it's me. I'm the stupid one. Uh, she's Twitch? doing, yeah, she's doing Twitch, and she's doing. She's like playing video games with people, and like she's Instagram living her doing like crock pot meals and drinking a beer and stuff. Like it, all that, dude. It's fucking genius. 
You know what I mean? And she's you like she's attractive. She's young. She is not well spoken, really. But like that is perfect for that demographic because neither are they. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so she connects with him on this like emotional wavelength. And it's all about the feels. And I always found that fucking annoying. But uh, back to that podcaster. He was criticizing her about uh, her basic like, support for Israel or not condemning Israel. And that I, I and I'm pretty sure because like they had an opportunity to ram down the $15 an hour minimum wage like or they weren't you know or they could have like walked away and not signed that big you know the big fucking deal or whatever it was and they just cowered down and just voted yes instead of making a stand because she could have got it if she had like her and Rashida Tlaib and all those other you know the progressive the you know the squad yeah, they could have made a stand and actually made that happen, and they didn't. And so, like the 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 progressives that actually like still have faith in the system are upset and angry at them because they're supposed to be their heroes, their champions. Like they're supposed to be the ones fighting for the progressives, and it's it's kind of funny because I mean AOC just talks a little different but she's really just kind of turning into like a young Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> every, politician, and, uh, every politician in the next 30 years or so is going to model their campaign after her. You yeah. Know, like they don't, you, you don't have to talk in complicated, intricate ways because what you want to do is just express these really um, unprocessed ideas because they're not principled. I mean, you're not taking this principle and trying to apply it to real world situations and trying to like explain your thought process. You're just going, oh, there's a problem over there. Why don't we make it better? Give me all your power. So do you see a correlation or a uh, like I see an, an inverse between like AOC and Donald Trump in that way? Like they were, oh, yeah, they were on different sides of the spectrum, but they were like dumb, uh, good talkers, good salesmen, not good talkers, but like good at saying nothing. You, you know what I'm saying? And like, and selling it, you know, like dumb speak. Well, I would say that the way he communicates, like it's a fact there. I mean, it is, but so the same with her. It's oh, fucking yeah. effective, you know. It it, it actually that... is considered refreshing, you know, because they're not talking in big words or talking about like grand ideas or principles. They're talking about we're gonna build a wall. Yeah, you know, like it's well, yeah. <laughs> if a lot of us like we have words that will trigger an emotional response. So if you just repeated those words over and over again, you know, just the way of like Trump saying huge or great. I mean, these are very simplistic words that don't mean anything. But yeah. he just, there's a kind of, um, there's something to these words that just like, of course I want something that's great. Like you got something that's great. I want it. I want it. Right. Like I never not want something that's great. If you say something's great, then that that's good. 
but you're not really describing it at all. And so we a child sees the world and she does the same thing. So you're basically emotionally manipulating people in a child or something. So do you know whether or not like someone called the police on her behalf or did she orchestrate the arrest? Because those are two different yeah, things. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah I, I need keep... more details. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure AOC claims to have had no had had nothing to do with it. So, I mean, you can believe that as much as you want. And uh, I think it was just the police that heard it and took it as a, you know, because after the January 6th thing and AOC pretended she was in danger, even though she was like 10 blocks, you know, in a different in a different building. <laughs> well, um, and got it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question. Right now, we live in a world where if you're talking shit about someone, Politically, they could just call you a Nazi or, or a commie or something to dismiss you. But when we're living in a world where people get immune to that, which will happen, eventually people will kind of realize that these words are just being used to manipulate them. Then is government going to use force to shut people up and silence them? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's what they're, I mean, at some point, the, what they're doing right now is like they're kicking people uh, offline and then like if you push it far enough uh, they will like the different companies will shut you down and like there's people that are just commentators like us but I mean they have a bigger audience and are more effective and maybe you're saying something a little bit more controversial but not really um, they can't get a MasterCard they can't, you know, use Visa. You know, they can't receive anything, you know, and it to me that is absolutely insane. And then you have the same people that call themselves libertarians that like defend that by saying, well, they're a private company, they can do what they want. And I'm like, no, that's not how this any of this shit works. There there's nothing private about Visa. Their profits are private. That's the only thing about them that are, you know, but that's it. Yeah, that's, I think that eventually, like, if there's any future at all for any of this, when we are just going to be 100% crypto or, like, barter or something, but... Dude, I'm worried like, about no that way stuff, too. <laughs> I, again, I'm not trying to be the black pill guy, but like if if you did you listen to the new New World next week? No, I don't think so. Well, James and James are talking about like, uh, and you know a lot of people have been talking about this, and they've been talking about it for decades. Uh, the like there is a an I nine eleven that's going to happen at some point, right? Like they're talking about. So China has already introduced a cryptocurrency, okay? And they are going full crypto very soon. And in like in certain cities I think they are 100% crypto. So, a crypto, they're 100% digital, okay? So their money is tied up in in like it's all digital now, okay? Russia is now just doing this too. 
okay? And there's already articles being written that America is going to fall behind and our economy is going to be fucked if we don't do this. So they're, they're, I honestly think that whether it like Bitcoin was a psyop and was a thing like Satoshi Nakamoto was a fucking CIA agent or a Fed, I don't know. But it doesn't matter because it's doing the same thing. It's getting the public used to a digital dollar. It's getting the public used to not carrying around paper in their pocket. And why would you? It might have COVID on it. And you don't want to spread COVID to people. That dirty money. We all know that it has, you know, it's been in a hooker's butt and somebody snorted Coke with it. So wouldn't it be so much better if we all just had our money, you know, on, on a chip? You know, and maybe that chip is on your arm. Like, because, I mean, companies in Sweden have already done that. Like, there's a chip in your hand, and that's that chip is how you get in the door. You go beep, and, it, it, you know, it certifies that you are who you say you are. And then you can go to the vending machine and get a fucking candy bar by just hitting your chip. Beep, and it comes right out of your paycheck. So, oh, I, now I can have this candy bar. I'll have a... Well, I haven't even heard... Yeah, I have even heard, like different parts of China and different places there's so much facial recognition technology and there's microphones everywhere that you could just say stuff you could just be like I need an Uber now yeah and you're already inside the internet yeah someone will pick you up they'll take your bank account information and do that transaction you could also say and... something wrong and they can fine you immediately because they can be like oh he said no no word and they like hundred dollar fine and just take it directly out of your fucking funds. Or if you say well, something I mean, too wild, they can just churn your fucking chip up. And so yeah, now well, you can't get on that fucking Uber. You know? And also, living in that type of environment, it's impossible to innovate. Yeah. When you're so afraid of saying the wrong thing, you're just so stifled. And how, how are you supposed to be creative when you're just worried, because uh, like I gotta be free to say a thousand stupid things before I say one intelligent thing, and that's just the way it works. Yeah, I that's and how I, I live my life. I say thousands of stupid things, and occasionally a gem will come out. Yeah, and you never <laughs> get to that gem if you're preventing stupid ideas from leaving your mouth. Like the best thing for a stupid idea is to express it in someone else's have someone else witness it and just be like that's dumb and then all of a sudden you could stop thinking in a different way like just I don't want stupid ideas to ruminate in my head I want to get good ideas out of my head to other people who can help me manifest them well back to what I was what I was saying about so um, it's getting people used to this digital dollar right and so like there's these articles that are coming out that like America needs to do the exact same or we won't be able to, or we'll fall behind and we'll be hurt economically, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. We'll actually probably be stronger if we stuck to that, having something that you can carry in your hand. Or, I mean, it would be a hell of a lot better if our money was actually tied to something with, you know, intrinsic value. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, but what they were saying is, uh, so this one article that the Jameses were talking about on New World Next Week, they were saying that, like, uh, this article was talking about how the whole world economy is in a state of, like, um, 
it's in a state of vulnerability and that it is they're saying that they're expecting and they're scared of these cyber attacks and they're saying that like they need to change the world financial system to this digital dollar and they they're saying that it won't happen like we it won't be widely accepted unless some crazy attack happens on the system and then then and only then can we enact these changes and i'm like motherfucker that's what you know everyone talks about the i911 event like because the internet the i uh patriot act has already been written you know that was uh was it an obama official that talked about like they have the internet 911 act already or not the the patriot act already fucking written and ready to go so they're waiting for a new pearl harbor a new 911 to happen so that they can basically what it what it will be is like uh, you know I'm again not an expert but for you to access the internet you will have to uh, certify your identity and sign in as you, yourself so you will everything that you do will be completely tied to you so there will be absolutely no anonymity left and if you step out of line, they will be able to shut your ability off from accessing the internet. Well, you'll probably have some nano technology inside of you that can just shut you off on a biological level. Yeah. So, yeah. You won't be able to make a burner account. You won't be able to use somebody else's login. They will have to certify who you are, probably through your retina or through your fucking fingerprint, you know, what something, or like you said, through a chip. And it will make it impossible for you to, I mean, and in this world, like before you didn't need the fucking internet, but they have made this so convenient and people have given up so much. Like how many phone numbers did you know in the nineties? Like 50 on the top of your head. Like you'd probably be able to, you you'd be able to tell me your mom's phone number, your sister's, your home, your best friend. Like like I knew all these fucking phone numbers. We we fucking memorized them. How many phone numbers do you know now? Mine. Yeah, that's it, dude. Like if my wife, I don't know my wife's number. I don't know my son's phone number. I know my mom's just because it's a like a familiar number to me. Um, and I remember my old home phone number from back in California. That's it. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea to keep backups of all of this stuff. I mean... It's just that cause... we've given up so much sovereignty and so much, like... Like, we used to be able to live without the internet, and now how do you live without the internet? Like, so many people have adapted and learned and, like, changed their lifestyles and, like... You can't even get hired at a fucking job if you don't have a Facebook. You know, if you don't have a fucking LinkedIn, they're like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you use social media? You know? Yeah, what are you trying to hide? Yeah, it's just fucking bizarre. Like, you can't be, uh, you know, you can't be an old man in the woods anymore and just exist. Well, so I think that there is this I mean, there has been definitely a catalyst to kind of recreate society. 
that hasn't existed in my lifetime. Um, I mean, there's like a little bit of a back to the land thing going on in the 70s. But also, like, it was just done by hippies who, like, there wasn't like a wide variety of people that couldn't get along with a 1970s level of existence. Like, it was pretty good for most people. I mean, I still probably would have been like wanting to get away from it, but you had a good job. They didn't really harass you too much. Your free time was your free time. I mean, now we're living in this world with like, I don't know how you can not. Everyone I know wants to get out. Like, even the people who are the most bought in, they fucking hate themselves. Well, what's the best thing about camping? You know, it's like. I have my phone off. I'm hopefully somewhere where I can't get any fucking reception. I am in the fucking woods. I am, you know, you know, I'm living in the moment. I'm walking down to the river. I'm like, I, there's fresh air and trees all around me. Uh, I'm lighting a fire. I'm making food straight from there. I'm not using a fucking stove. I'm not using a microwave, you know, and it's just, it's something about, I mean, it de- it depends because some people go glamping, you know what I mean? But like, not not me. It's just something beautiful about being in a place where there's no light pollution, and you can actually look up at the stars and get lost. And just, yeah, I've, it's fucking beautiful, man. I I do not like when people go camping with technology. Like, there's been a couple of times that people bring speakers with them, light. And it just ruins the experience. Like even food, man. Like, I want to cook. I want to stab something with a shopping stick, and just hold it over a fire. <laughs> you go a little harder than me, man. I I bring a cast iron with me. I got a big old cast iron that's been in my family for over a hundred years, like from generation to generation. And I cook everything on that cast iron. So I'll like cook bacon for breakfast. And then I'll use all that bacon fat, and that's what I use to cook my burgers, to cook my eggs, to cook my steak, to cook my, you know, the veggies. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, I do like to stick over a fire if it's a hot dog, you know. <laughs> but uh, so maybe I'm a little bit more glampy than you, but it, I, I think a, like a cast iron pan is a good camping technology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's what the cowboys had. You know, I, I can go back to some cowboy level of, you know, drinking some sarsaparilla and whiskey. and Yeah, I think that there's just a human pace to it all. You get out there and you just know what time to do what. Everyone syncs up. You start to talk about things that are a bit more meaningful than... Because so much of our life, like, we're talking about these things that don't really affect us in any way, but they're just, like, in the technology that surrounds us. There's also, there's no reason to wake up in the morning. Like, there's nothing that, like, I don't have to rush for work. I don't have a timer on my phone. You know, th- there's none of that shit. Like, I'm sleeping until my fucking body's, my body's clock wakes me up. You know, like, I, we're staying up late and we're watching the fire and we're watching the stars and we're telling stories and making jokes and being fucking goofy and, you know, and just having a good time. And then, then we go and fucking uh, lay down and go to sleep. And then 
you know, you're probably not even waking up to like 10 o'clock, you know, 10 o'clock or 11. And then you, you get up and then it's time for breakfast. And then, you know, maybe we'll go fishing. Maybe we'll go, you know, it just, it's a different type of pacing. Like you're saying, like, and it's a different kind of just like, there's something that we lost when we decided to clock in and clock out when they like, what's his name? Thaddeus Russell talks a lot about this in his uh, renegade history of the United States about how like back in the fucking, okay. So around the turn of the century to like the uh, 19th century, when they were uh, the industrial revolution, they were trying to get people to show up and basically be a cog in a wheel, right? To get people to go work in a factory and make this, all you're doing is this one part in this factory all fucking day long. And this dark, sweaty, steamy, dangerous, like shitty factory all day long. And then the next guy next to you, he's doing one thing, one thing, one thing. And you're just producing whatever, this one thing, right? And the way that they had to like normalize clocks and normalize time and standardize it and try, you know, because people weren't used to that shit. Like people also water was kind of shit back then. So people were fucking basically drinking beer all day long because it was actually better for you than water. Like, uh, and so like people would just casually day drink so people were a little bit tipsy and just more laid the fuck back. And you're trying to get somebody to show up at a certain time. They're like, oh, I don't even wake up till noon. Like, well, I need you here at 6 a.m. Well, fuck you. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just how human existence had been before that. And and I don't know, you know, I mean, some standardization is necessary. Like if you're going to build this like a modern behemoth this what we have now you absolutely have to do that and so i understand why they did it but we lost something you know what i mean like there weren't people didn't have fucking watches like i mean rich people had like you know watches attached to them and stuff like that but that wasn't a normal thing people weren't looking at the clock people were looking at the sun yeah um, I should, uh, I'm going to say like, I got about 15 minutes left on my phone. So I'm just going to throw that out there, but, um, that's fine, man. I, yeah, I think I'm at like 20% too. So we're all good. Okay. So, yeah. And I think that we're kind of pushing back in that though. I like 30, 40 years ago, you had a job. It was nine to five Monday through Friday. You got your holidays off. And other than that, you showed up from 18 to 64 and then you, didn't show up for a couple of years, you just did whatever, you were probably pretty burnt out and decrepit by then. I mean, back in the day, like, they fed you a lot of cigarettes, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, you're going to get fucking lung cancer and die. Like, they're like, we don't want you hanging around. (laughs) Drink, smoke, do not take care of yourself at all, because, like, we're paying when you're retired. So... That's funny, you man. Want, yeah, you would definitely want to have a pack a day or something. So, but now, like, it, 
it's pretty reasonable, at least right now, to have some make-your-own-hours-in-the-job, to work less, to work more. Like, we have a lot more choices. We're, we still are in a really good spot. We're in a, we're in a spot where we're looking at the next spot, and it really sucks. So hopefully we can avoid it. Like, right now, we have more freedom than we've ever had within my lifetime. And we could lose that so fucking hard. We can lose, I mean, we can be literally just animals in a cafe being milked by some governmental agency. Well, but um, that's what right I now, see happening, man. Yeah, like we, I mean, I think that counter economics, building our own economies up, finding finding ways to communicate in because I think a lot of it what comes down to is like if we can communicate freely with each other, we can spread ideas, we can spread commerce, we can spread know how. Like that's what we want to do. See, these and that's what we're being prevented to. These ideas are so important because we need to reach your average idiot that is that is working the nine to five and doing that same thing right now because do you know what's fucking th- those people right there are in a huge amount of danger man like because automation it, you're gonna see man in the next five years automation is getting so good all these people are going to be completely like and so like the the optimist might say this now liberates the human we don't have to have some jerk off flip burgers anymore we don't have to have some jerk off being a taxi driver we don't have to have some, you know, whatever it is. Like even, dude, the amount of automation that's going into farming right now is fucking insane. They're not even going to need bees anymore. There, there's machines that they're using to pollinate. There's like machines that they're using to like to harvest. Even this, like, what used to need a person to harvest was like soft fruit. Like if you're picking a strawberry, like you'd need a human to see like, Oh, this is actually ripe. This is perfect for picking. I'm going to gently pick this and not hurt the fruit where a robot couldn't do that. Right. Uh, no fucking robots can do that now. Like we are going to, so yes, it could in a perfect world, liberate the planet and, Maybe we'd only have to work five hours a day or four hours a day, and then we could pursue the things that we love, and we could, you know, we could pursue poetry and writing, and we could pursue archery or, you know, like all these, you know, whatever the fuck that you ever wanted to do. But the psychopaths that are in charge of the world, their big concern is how many people are on the planet. Well, yeah. And I mean, the. It's funny, too, because as you're saying all this, I'm thinking, like, the push for a $15 minimum wage or, like, a $25 minimum wage. Yeah, dude, that's just throwing gas on the fire. That's just well, accelerating the whole transhumanism and this whole this whole transition to fucking robots, a robotic economy. Well, and that's really it. When you look at a big picture, it just turns, like, it wants to turn everything that's organic into something that's mechanized. Like, that's a... I feel like that's a force going on in the universe, kind of like gravity. Like, if you drop something, it just wants to go down. And it's just like this attraction, whatever it is. No one really knows how gravity works. But I feel like there's this attraction to just be robotic, be inorganic. 
it's like it's like a weird like angel of death type of thing that's but just like instead of like killing you, it just turns you into like a robot. It's weird. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah. So again, the most like what you were saying before, what we need to do is just continue to bully pulpit counter economies going back to organic farming man like we need agriculture we need people that are making food that are not this weird disgusting like that was the big thing like so even like 10 years ago i would hear libertarians defending gmos and defending like monsanto because it was a private company and and saying that like actually all this innovation is helping and i don't i mean there still are libertarians making those arguments but like not as many i think people are i hope people are starting to wake up a little bit like these giant fucking corporations like that that was the libertarian the libertarian used to defend these corporations because we wanted to be those corporations right we are we are capitalists that's what we are but we have to realize that like these corporations are fallible as fuck and and that more so than that, a lot of them are men, like benevolent. Like they want to, because they don't have the incentive of failure if they screw up because of their ties with the government. You know, so we cannot respect those corporations as a true private entity anymore. We have to look at them for what they absolutely are. They are another branch of the government at this point. We have to fight yeah. them as hard as we fight the state. Well, I think like what you mentioned too about like just reaching the average person is so important because I think that as we spread ideas, whatever, like, just not not even like these ideas, but like any ideas, just humans exchanging ideas, like they'll they'll figure out which ones are the good ones and the bad ones as long as they have enough exposure. Like you can expose people to bad ideas, and good ideas should inoculate people against bad ideas. That's the way it works. And right now, it's like, well, who's trying to censor people? Where is that coming from? Because to me, like every time you're trying to censor someone, you're just basically robbing someone of hearing an idea which implies that you think your idea is better and it's you're so certain that you're just denying the person the process to decide for themselves yeah oh and so are we just have to not shut up until they put a bullet in our head because i mean that's really what they're trying to do anyone that is thinking outside the box anybody that has any type of contrary ideas to the mainstream what are you they you're, they put you in a box. They you might as well be QAnon. You know, if we are just saying something like whatever it is, whatever that we're saying that is against the grain, they throw you in this box. They absolutely throw you in this box, and then it discounts anything you have to say from that point on. And we just yeah. have to, like, actually, uh, what's his name? James Corbett had a fucking. And I don't know if this is the right move or not, but this is the movie made. He's like, they're going to call me a conspiracy theorist anyways. So you know what? 
fuck it. I'm a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, and he's like, I'm embracing it hard. And yes, sure, you can call me a conspiracy theorist. And then he's like, now explain this, 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 this. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing that is so shitty about people like labeling James Corbett a conspiracy theorist. He's like, what he is, is he is an open source, like, like information, like, like everything he does, every single thing that he says he has documentation and evidence that you know what I mean? Yeah. James Corbett isn't telling you that there's interdimensional shape-shifting child molesting demons and shit like that. He's not fucking saying that. No, he's, he will only tell you like exactly what these fucks are doing. And he'll have an article like basically from them, their perspective and them saying it themselves. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's all fucking, like yeah, dude, it's all open source. And it's like, here's my evidence. Here are my sources. Here are my links. This is, you know, this is like, none of this is my conjecture. None of this is my own fucking ideas and bullshit. And well, having the argument whether or not you're a conspiracy theorist is one, like you're playing in the way game. You're playing on their turf. Now, if you just bypass that and just go, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. However, what about you think that like there's a much more interesting argument over here where we can actually discuss some of the things that I question. Yeah. Yeah, this. Yeah, buddy. So. Well. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, thought about that. Yeah, it felt good. Um Got to figure out the tech. I, I think I want to just try to find someone to like help me like learn how to use this technology. So there's got to be somebody. Uh, maybe we can talk to Adam, right? Yeah, or, uh, he's got it. He's smarter than us both. I, I listened to a few of his podcasts. They sound good. So he must be doing something right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be good to talk to him. Um. You're going to Squash Fest in May, right? Yes. I think I'm only nice. I'm coming up for a day. I've got a couple friends that are going to meet me there. And uh, I think I'm only going for a day. I'm going to come for that Saturday. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. Cool. Yeah. And anybody listening to this, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, this is basically like the Pacific Northwest version of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Pork Fest. And it's kind of like an anarchist uh, festival for just people that uh, just love freedom. And it, it's fucking neat. And this is the second one. There was the there was the Sasquatch Fest, and this is Spring Awakenings, right? So there's going to be a, yeah. a fall version and a spring version. And they're going to do this, like, hopefully, they're going to do this bi biannually. And uh, anybody should definitely come up and say hi to us and, you know, and come hang out with us. It's pretty revolutionary. Um, just like, I mean, first of all, it's like the only thing I've ever seen that advertised meditation and a shooting range. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and also, just the way it's being run, it's all just brand off telegram you pay in crypto like no one knows you're there so it's dude 
it's honestly, dude, it's uh, it's the fucking coolest group of folks. You know what I mean? And it's like the right balance of like, there's definitely some crunchy, like full on hippies. And then there's also like some really principled, like they fucking know everything about everything as far as like anarchism. And then there's like just some like crazy old agorists that like they'll sell you anything that you're looking for. I'm not incriminating anybody. And then there's like young kids, like some of those young boys I was talking to that were out there, they're like 19, 20 that are just like crypto anarchists. Like this one boy, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to Mexico. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I bought a bunch of Bitcoin when I was a kid. And uh, it's like, like, you know, seven years ago now, you know, I got some money and I'm just going to go to Mexico and disappear for a little bit. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a fucking blast. You know what I mean? It just, it's a really cool group of just interesting out of the box folks, man. And they're every single person I met there. I liked. they're all fucking neat to be smart enough to buy Bitcoin 10 years ago and not be dumb enough to lose it. No. Well, that was one thing he said. He was like, he goes, I wasted so much buying drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and that sounds like a young man. I was, you know, uh, well, back in the day, I mean, I'm, like who knows? I mean, maybe like I'm using it now. I th- I think it's I think that there's gonna be a bunch of people jumping into it. I'm pretty hopeful about the crypto market. I mean, I think it's the only thing that we really have. Like that's the best tool that we have. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't, if we, if we're not using crypto, then like we're just so fucked in this whole thing that it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, for now, until you know. Janet Yellen says she's cracking down on it. So she will. She yeah. will. But I, I, I think that it's already like out of the bag. I think that we're gonna have to try to. I think they're gonna start attacking like wallets and stuff like that. So we're gonna have to figure out a way to hold it. It's, yeah. It's, gonna w- run around with zip disks and stuff, or it's <laughs> so absurd. It's it. so absurd. We're gonna have this whole like they're gonna try to erase something that like doesn't even physically exist. It's all just idea like. It's all code. Like, well, let we just got to try to stay ten steps ahead of them. That's all we can do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the fat one. I don't. I'm not gonna be able to keep up, but somebody else will, and so I'll cheer you on. I'll be your cheerleader. <laughs> hey man, no, there's always like the person that like occupies the beer while you're running away from it. There you go. That's an important deal. Yeah. Hero, man. Hero status. <laughs> yeah. Very important person. As long as you guys give Someone me a cape said, yeah. and you guys like pour out some booze for me and remember me every once in a while, then I'll be all right. Yeah, man. All right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to slow down the beer. All right, brother. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah. Talk to you later, man. Okay. Bye. Buddy, you there? Yes. All right. All right. Let me see. Okay. You hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. I'm I heard to... my... Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm saying? just going to begin to think some of this free software version might just be intentionally glitchy. Yeah, they want you to pay for the full version. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, I mean, if we're ever going to take it seriously and get some good sound quality, we probably should. And or, I don't know, get some better mics. Uh, my, 
my buddy Craig has been listening to our podcast. Uh, shout out to Craig. Uh, he says that your volume, like he can hear me loud enough, but your volume is a little low. So I don't know if you have a way of adjusting that. I don't know how far away from you are from the microphone. Um, I don't know. I got a I got a headset on. Okay, I've been getting I, close. I've been getting closer to the mic, so hopefully that helps. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't heard our latest episode yet, or the last one. So, it was the one before. Um, I'll drop that tonight. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I also talk really loud. So that could be it. <laughs> Maybe. All right, brother. Uh, well, welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we're your hosts, Tony and Nate. And Tony, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. A little sunstroked. Um, it is. Did you get really sunstroke for real? <laughs> no, no, not, re- not for real, real. Yeah. Dude, it's hot. It's gorgeous, but it's hot, like. I know it's not summer hot yet, but I don't have my AC in the window yet, so it's still like it's hot. <laughs> so, anything particularly you want to talk about tonight? I don't know. Uh, no, I've been trolling conservatives all day online. That was fun. Uh, I've been house hunting. Uh, that's been interesting. We tried to, uh, I'm not even going to get started with it, but, uh, we're, we're putting in an offer tomorrow on a house in McMinnville. So that's exciting. Oh, cool. And, uh, then I had another meeting with a company that builds houses. And so like, cause we're still finding, I found a lot, uh, up in like Klatskanai, uh, like, so that's like up towards, uh, Astoria sort of. Yep. And dude, it's dude, it's fucking beautiful, like in the middle of the woods. And uh, so I'm, I'm either gonna go one or the other. Like I, I'm putting in an offer tomorrow. If they accept it, I'll probably buy that house. If they don't, if it goes to somebody else, I'm probably gonna go get a house built in the middle of the fucking woods. Well, either way, it's um, that's good. Um, have you been to that um aerospace museum up in McMinnville? No, but I had a buddy. Um, let's see. Oh, my wife just texted me. Sorry. Uh, no, I had a buddy. Uh, I know a guy when I used to work. Uh, I don't know how specific I should be with any places that I used to work or anything, but I, I used to work at a place and a customer that would come and eat my food. He worked there and always tried to get me to go out there and visit him. And cause he really friendly, nice guy. We kind of became a friend and I just never did. Uh, I'm sure it's fucking awesome. The big museum out there. Yeah. Um, the big attraction is the spruce goose, this giant. It has to be a couple of hundred feet long. It's like a football field being inside of it. All wooden framed. Have you ever seen that, that, that airplane that's in the middle of the woods? You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, there's a guy, uh, an eccentric, older, I think probably pretty rich guy that lives. I'm trying to fucking remember where it is. I think it's out towards Forest Grove, but not. I, I, anyways, I worked with another friend who runs and owns a food truck 
and he got invited to like cater a, a crazy fucking party and they do these like private crazy party or i don't know they're not private you, you can pay money to get a ticket it's like whatever to go to these crazy like raves in the middle of the woods and there's a fucking airplane there and so they like the dj was set up on the plane's wing and like and they had all these crazy light shows it was like a it was like an edm festival in the middle of the woods it was pretty fucking awesome was the plane from world war ii one of those something that was abandoned or what's what's the story I think that guy had money. It's a 747. So it's a big fucking plane. I, I think it's a 747. This was I dude, I don't know airplanes very well. It's a big ass plane. Okay. And I think so it like maybe they dropped it from a helicopter or something or like laid it set it down or something. I don't know how the fuck you get it in the middle of the woods. But he turned that into his house. So he lives on the airplane and it's it's pretty fucking sweet. I got to check it out. And, uh, yeah, dude, he lives on a fucking airplane in the middle of the woods. And, like, dude, that was a fucking fun time. There was, obviously, like, girls wearing absolutely nothing with fucking glow sticks. And, you know, just everybody was on fucking Molly and or dropping, you know, dropping acid or shrooms. And, there, you know, everyone was just having a fucking blast. It was, and then... Yeah, just the costumes were outrageous. People were just having a fucking blast. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine spending that kind of money on a plane to live in just because, and just the cost of getting it there. I mean, hey, dude, it, maybe when you have that kind of money and you're just a little eccentric and a little weird, you're just like, I want to live on a plane in the woods. And then. I have no fucking idea. And I mean, if he's charging people to go and have those parties out there, that paid for it that night. Like, <laughs> this was obviously pre-COVID because uh, this was what had it been in 2019, 2018. Anyways, it was fun as fuck, dude. Like they had these weird rooms, like because they built these like uh, I don't know how what like kind of tents, you know, and like. They had one with like a kiddie pool and like, and like blow up, like you could ride uh, all this weird, goofy shit. And then they had rooms that were all pillows, and then they had rooms that were like ball pits, and they had, you know what I mean? And they were all in the middle of the woods with all these crazy fucking sculptures. And then they had, they set up um, arcade games in the woods too. So like you could just go play Pac Man and then like Street Fighter. Like they were just, they were just set up in the you know on a, in the fucking bushes it was just fucking cool man <laughs> that sounds like a fun party i mean that's yeah i don't know how much it was to get in but i got in i got paid to get in so like i was obviously working but like we would take shifts we're like all right i'm gonna go wander around and check shit out you know and it was fun yeah, I feel like stuff like that's almost too much. Like, I'd rather be working at them because I just, they're just too decadent, man. There's a level to it where I'm like, I can get like halfway down with this, but. I've never been a festival guy, really. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know what I mean? There, There is something to that. But I I enjoy weird parties. Like, I remember back in the day, Um, well, I was a bad kid, right? So I got uh, sent to do community service. 
and I got to, and I, and I did a few community services, but this one specific one was fucking awesome. It was called the Rural Bureau, Rural Bureau, Miro Bureau. I, I can't fucking say it's a tongue twister, but uh, it, it was with a very famous artist. His name is Dwayne Flatmo. If you're, I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, uh, but he's really, really famous artist, especially in my hometown. He does like crazy elaborate murals and does these awesome sculptures and like, and uh, he he's really famous for if you've ever drinking any beer from Lost Coast Brewery, he designs all the labels for Lost Coast Brewery. And uh, anyways, cool guy got into his class, and what we would do is we would go and paint murals. And we would literally paint murals on the sides of, of buildings and stuff. And that was our community service. And he had a system all set it up, you know, all set up. And so, like, we didn't screw things up. We were obviously painting what he taught us to do and stuff and told us what to do. But it's fucking badass. So, but uh, part of that was later, like, if we, you know, if we were good and shit and, like, we weren't, like, acting like assholes and he let us... Uh, help him because every year you maybe have heard of this and uh this is in for it starts in arcade and it goes all the way to ferndale it's called the kinetic sculpture race i don't know if you're is it like a um what they call a rube goldberg machine i don't know what the heck that is but you build these crazy uh elaborate sculptures that have to you have to be able to uh drive so it has to be, but it has to be uh, nothing, uh, uh, nothing gas. So, right. So it has to be kinetically powered. So like we'd make these things that it looks like bicycle pedals, right? So you'd make these like uh, this weird contraption that can drive, right? And then you also have to go over the bay. So it also has to go over water and then it has to go up this hill. It, like there's all these crazy shit you have to do. And it's, it's the funnest fucking time. It's a three-day race. And uh, anyways, he let me be a part of that. But the second night, you camp out on this place called Crab Park. And so it's, like, on this beach. And, like, I was a young dude. And, like, you know, like, Dwayne, I, Dwayne did not, you know, say I could do this in any way, shape, or form. But there was people out there serving booze like crazy, dropping acid like crazy, eating mushrooms. Like, you know, and I was probably, like, 16. And I was, like you know what I mean? I'm my, I'm away from my <laughs> folks. I'm like on this fucking beach camping and there's like beautiful girls and drugs and booze and, and just believe us, we had a fucking good time. So that was like the closest I've ever been to like, I, like, because a lot of those guys also do burning man. And so like lots of those years, they build these big wicker men and set them on fire, like out in the middle of the woods and do pyro shows. And dude, it's, it's fucking wild. It's so much fun. Yeah, I guess I don't know whether how true this is going to be, but I heard for this year for Burning Man, you need to show proof of vaccine. Dude, fuck everything. Fuck so. everything. I know, dude. I I'm so I I don't I don't know how far people are going to take this. So maybe we can talk about that because like something that uh, is you know heavy on my heart and heavy on my mind is like my wife is pregnant. She is going to be due in October. And I had another friend who just went and it, like, okay, a week before the Johnson and Johnson got pulled, he went and got the Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> and he, 
and he didn't want to do it, but he, the only reason why is because his wife is pregnant too, and they told him, you can't be in the room with her when the baby's born if you're not. Oh. How fucked is that? <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm still not doing it, and if we have to have like a fucking home birth, if we have to, I don't know, like hire some hippie doulas, some crunchy mamas, you know, I, I, we're gonna fucking figure something out, but like, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. trying to hold that shit over your head. Like, you can't be there when your child is born. No, we need a whole alternate health industry now because you're making it impossible for us to go to any kind of healthcare provider. Legit. So, um. Well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, are they even going to let you in the room? Like, are they going to let you give birth in the hospital? You know, like. Who the fuck knows? It's crazy to me that we, okay, so we've had four vaccines, like three of them in this country. Two of them, the less experimental ones. Come in, dear. Oh, sorry. My wife is knocking at the door. I'm in my room. (laughs) What do you need, Julian? Huh? I think she's out there. She out there? I know. If you push it more than it, anyways. I'm I'm on a podcast, Bubba. I don't know. Look for her. She should be right out here. Sorry about that. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, yeah. So, like, two out of the four, like AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson, have seemed to be some problems. And right away, like, I don't think they would have, like, I would have bet they would have been problems, but it would have been a couple of years out that we found out about them. This is really recent. Yeah, so, so these these are my thoughts on that. Well, okay, so I read an article, and I don't, you know, whatever. You can believe what you want online. But uh, I read an article that um, subcontractors that were making the vaccine for Johnson & Johnson accidentally, uh, accidentally cross-contaminated and put some of the AstraZeneca into the Johnson & Johnson. And so that's when they had to throw away like 17 million batches. Do you remember hearing that? The Johnson yeah. and Johnson, that was the reason why. And who knows how many got out before they caught that mistake. So well, that was almost my thoughts that like maybe the people that got the blood clotting from the Johnson and Johnson were AstraZeneca cross contaminated. Maybe. Maybe it's just to point out that this stuff isn't 100% safe. Well, that's true, man. Before this happened. Okay. So uh, sorry, I, I, I'm over talking. I apologize. Um, Before it had happened, right before they had pulled the Johnson and Johnson, I had heard whispers already about the Johnson and Johnson causing blood clots because I, I keep my ear to the ground about this shit because they had pulled the AstraZeneca from the United States, right? The United States had actually bought like how many million they bought, I think at least 2 million doses of the AstraZeneca. And then it never got cleared to, to distribute in the United States. And so then he, uh, Joe, I was going to call him George Biden, Joe Biden. He might as well be George fucking. They're all the same. Uh, <laughs> he sent them to Canada and gave them to Canada. And now Canada is giving them out. And so Canada is giving away the AstraZeneca. Anyway, as long story short, I had heard about uh, 
the Johnson and Johnson potentially causing blood clots as well. Cause that, I think that is also the issue with the Moderna or sorry, the AstraZeneca. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny that they're having similar issues. Um, it could, yeah, it could be cross contamination. It could have been just some fuck up at the manufacturing level. It, or they're both fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, here's why. This is what I've heard. Again, I'm no fucking doctor. I don't even know if I have an IQ over a hundred. I do, but I'm being a dick to myself. Um, this is what I heard. That what is causing the blood clots is something like this. So. Uh, we're they're creating um, the antibodies, right? They're telling your mRNA D- uh, DNA to create these antibodies, right? And they're so they're fighting. Anyways, whatever. It's like these these specific um, the keys to that virus, like the little you know you know what I'm talking about. Their little fucking doohickey that like tries to attack a cell or whatever looks yeah, very yeah. It looks very very similar to some other cells in your body. And so it's almost creating like your body is now attacking those cells and that's what's creating the blood clots. Like it's uh, that it's like your, your white blood cells are attacking like these cells in your heart and somewhere else. And that's, what's causing the blood clotting. Have you heard that? I haven't heard it and I haven't looked too much into like the why. And it's, I think it's going to be really hard to figure out at this level of the game, like what's actually causing the problem. Cause there's going to be so many different versions of the story. Yeah. Um, we're still in the fog of war with this, but yeah, I just want to point out like this whole idea that we cannot say that there might be some problems and you're making a risk assessment when you decide to have one or not to have one. And just to bring that back down to people, like we're being basically put in the situation where we may not be able to go out and do some daily stuff like you know like okay like you don't go to a hospital you don't go to a grocery store a bank because you made the choice not to get this experimental medication yeah that's like i just feel like it's the further further and rift we're getting in society right now like that we've been so divided and this is just like this final line where, you know, we can't do these things and we have to build up alternative economies. We will do that. But if you have two competing economies occupying the same land, I mean, I don't know whether we could do that peacefully or not. Well, also because they're going to crack down on us. They're going to make it. They're not going to let us have a separate economy. They probably will not know. I don't know whether or not 